great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. And you were meant to be here tonight. Their time is done. It's over. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal on MSNBC hosts warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Hello and welcome! Man, I'm the happiest man of show business right here. This is my hometown people right here. Woo! It's honestly, it's a dream beyond a dream to be able to do this with you all in, in this I mean, I grew up with all these people. They're fantastic, yeah. aren't they? It's really something. Well, listen, uh, we're ruthless. You know that. We're here. Uh, I'm Josh Holmes. I grew up uh, just uh, across the lake, basically. Uh, Minnetonka High School graduate. These are my friends, and this is Ruthless. Smug, why don't you give yourself a little intro? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Comfortably Smug. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you so much for having us here tonight. This is going to be our 200th episode, and this is going to be the best show we've ever done. Here it is. Yeah! <laughs> I'm Michael Duncan, uh, judge and jury of the Variety Program. That's all right. Yeah! And my name is John Ashbrook. And I'm going to say something controversial here. Oh, I like that. Okay, let's, let's hear it. Let's start hot. You get a lot of politicians who think we need an 11-point plan to be able to keep this red wave going. We don't need an 11-point plan because we have two shows a week from Ruthless Podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Variety Program is the contract with America. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right, so first off, I want to thank the sponsor of tonight's event, which is incredible that they did this. We love the work that they do. The Center for the American Experiment. Let's get a big round Thank of you applause. so much. Thank you so much, Center for American Experiment. So we're going to be talking more about them here in the next uh, two, two and a half hours or so. Yeah. 
But I also want to give a, a, a special shout out to Catherine Hinderocker. I don't there she is. Yeah. Catherine, right there. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Hello, Sammy. Good to see you, pal. Uh, listen, uh, we've got a lot of VIPs, a lot of people you're going to see up here on stage. One person I want to give a shout out to is Jim Schultz. Where's Jim? Yeah, Jim! Back there. So this guy's running for AG, okay? Take a look at that guy. Do everything you can do to help that guy get elected because he is running against Keith Ellison, who is the absolute worst yeah, just yeah. The worst. in the history yeah. of the country, okay? If ever there is a lib that deserved to be beaten, it's Keith Ellison and Jim's gonna do the job. Let's go. Dunks, we've never started a show without a certain ceremony. Here we go. Never started one of them. All right, I'll prepare now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the ceremonial Duncan Shotguns of Beer to open our live event. We've never done anything different. Let's not stop now. Yeah, hit it with the stabbing. Yeah. Do we, do we have anyone with keys up front? They may have keys. Anybody have keys? I got a, I got a pen here. This oh, we got so keys. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 This is the kind of crowd you want. Not only a good arm, great hands. Great hands. <laughs> Burke's going to appreciate that. Yeah, there it is. There it is. It's on the face, too. You got to like that. <laughs> it's a real commitment. It's a real commitment. He knows what he's doing. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. That was like two seconds. Outstanding. Outstanding. We will get your keys back, sir. <laughs> Not going to throw them because the lake and the situation. <laughs> but it is what it is. So, listen, um, I think the first thing I want to do is I, I, there's no way I would have gotten started in politics at all without this gentleman right here, Norm Coleman. Yeah. 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 Living legend. Living legend. Can we get him to the stage? Let's do it. I was an Arizona State University graduate, and let me tell you, that was not an academic decision, folks. <laughs> this guy took a chance on me when I was 22 years old and allowed me to go work on his campaign in 2002. And I went to work in his Senate office after he won. It was an incredible experience, and I literally am indebted to this day to this gentleman right here, Norm Coleman. Norm, why don't you come up and join us? music going right <laughs> why do we have the hockey music on well it's been about 25 years since something really important happened 25 years almost to the day june 25th 1997 the nhl granted saint paul a franchise and that was the uh, <laughs> Woo! Uh, that was Minnesota the, wild and by the way i you know to, you, I hope folks heard the words of herb brooks if it didn't kind of put a chill through, through everyone to start this off that that the a great by the way a great saint paulite also by the way conservative 
Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's we right. almost had him convinced to run for Congress. Really? Herb Brooks was, was going to be our candidate for Congress and uh, unfortunately had a terrible accident, uh, but he was a conservative and, and he was a son of St. Paul and he brought America great, great glory in the 80 Olympics. So the God, God bless him. The greatest. There would be no professional hockey in the great state of Minnesota without Norm Coleman. There would not be. Mayor of St. Paul, and I mean, God, those of you who grew up here, and I'm, I'm sure that's the vast majority of you, felt the same way I did after the North Stars left. It was like, oh, man, you couldn't even watch hockey, right? I mean, it was just the biggest gut punch of all time. It was, it was how could you take hockey out of the state of hockey, right? Norm brought it back. Norm brought it back. And, and by, the, by the way, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, like comfortably smug, have Brooklyn roots yeah. over here. We got to talk I mean, about Brooklyn was, last night. It was amazing. Of, there wasn't a lot of ice hockey in Brooklyn, New York. Absolutely I, not. I, I played hockey on roller skates, okay? And, 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 and trust me, that was, not, that was tough, okay? But a uh, kid from Brooklyn, but I knew, you know, it was St. It was Paul. It was Minnesota. It, 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 it was our heart. It was our soul. And, and uh, you know, Providence works its way out. We were the fifth franchise. There were four franchises that were ahead of us. We were the fifth. Uh, in Houston, who was supposed to get a franchise, they had a fight between two groups of owners, and they bowed out, and at the last minute, hockey came our way. Uh, and and uh, it was, listen, it's where it should have been, never should have left, but uh, we're still waiting for that first Stanley Cup, but it's going to come soon, okay? It'll come soon. <laughs> so I have a, a story you probably never heard before. So my, my introduction to politics was the O2 campaign, which is the most wild thing in history, right? I mean, it was, huh. I didn't know. I mean, I was the furthest thing from the college Republican, right? I mean, I, I went to ASU for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> I start working on your campaign. I get into it. And like any campaign, if anybody of you have been, uh, been a part of a campaign, you, you just you fight every day. You learn to just love and hate. You have two emotions, right? And you just drive as hard as you can. And 13 days before the election, our opponent, Paul Wellstone, passed away in a plane crash. And, like, I don't know how to handle that, right, as a 22-year-old. This is, like, totally unprecedented situation. Norm addressed his campaign staff and said there will be no politics. We will not talk about this. We will, we will honor Paul Wellstone. We will honor his, his legacy. We will not worry about our campaign until he is honored and, and we'll move on and we'll let the chips fall where they may. So the campaign staff sort of did this, right? And part of that is we had these huge dump Wellstone signs all over the state of Minnesota, right? Because it's a campaign. They're dump yeah, Wellstone yeah. signs. They're four by eights. They're on every freeway in, in the entire state of Minnesota, Oof. right? It's a tough look. So, so <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm out. I'm out like on, I think it was like 35W. And I'm standing out and I've got like, we put them in with these big rebar deals right yeah. they're just like these massive signs four by eight and the radio is literally announcing that paul wellstone has passed away and i'm trying to get this thing out of the ground and i'm like <laughs> 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 and it looks to drivers passing by like i'm cheering the situation <laughs> <laughs> that's rough it was terrible it's like to this moment one of the worst moments in politics i've ever had people are like how oh, dare you how they're honking at me. They're so upset. 
Uh, can I tell you, can I tell a story for those who are running, if some folks are running for office here, and, and folks who may run for office, I just want to give one lesson of that, of that moment. And that is that, that when he died, we were, by the way, all, all flying up to a debate in, in, uh, in Duluth. So we were on the same kind of plane, King Air. We landed just a couple of miles from what he did, and, and Providence had its way in a terrible, terrible tragedy. So we come back, and we shut everything down. And I'm in the home. My mom and dad happen to be there. It's, you know, parents come in for campaign, came in from Brooklyn. Uh, and reporters gather outside my, that, my house. And I'm saying, and I'm getting on the phone with the campaign staff, my campaign manager, and they're all telling me, do not go speak to the reporters, do not go out there, we have to put together a statement, et cetera. And I'm there with my wife, and I'm looking at my wife, and, and I said, Lori, we gotta go out and just let folks know that, that this, is, this is a tragedy, and it touches us in our hearts and prayers with the, the Wellstone family, with the families of others who died in that crash. And as I'm going out, they, they, man, they're yelling at me, literally, phone me, do not go outside. And I walk in, I said, I, I love you guys. And, and I walked out, and we addressed the press. And it was a moment, and it was the right thing to do. Right and, and, and so my point is, there's times you've got to listen to your campaign man, you've got to listen to your team, you've got to listen to your poll, but also listen to your heart. Because in the end, that, that's, kinda, that's the best kind of guidepost. That's well said. True story. Well said. Well said. And he's done it throughout. We're all well aware of the challenges you've had in recent years. I mean, you've kicked cancer's ass like four times now. Let's go. Right? Let's go. We're still fighting. Let's go. We're still fighting. Still fighting. <laughs> One long glass, but we're still fighting. You know? <laughs> but for my generation of conservatives in Minnesota, there was one guy who always took the conservative fight to the liberals with that big smile on his face. Right? He did it, he did it with good humor. He did it the way we like to do it on Ruthless. He, he presented ideas not in a way that is just sort of attacking everybody all the time, but in a way that sort of welcomed more people into our tent. And so for that, Norm, thank you forever for the lessons that you provided us. Humbled, thank you. Woo! Go Ruthless! <laughs> Love you, so now let's attack people. says be louder okay so uh honestly we want to we want to uh thank the the sponsor of this event in the best way though many of you know this gentleman's work from a long period of time he's been absolutely incredible critical to the conservative movement here in minnesota i want to welcome to the stage john hindrocker where are you Coming to Minnesota, it's so great to have you. I, I don't want to spoil it, but you're all in for one hell of a story. One hell of a story. So we got a little preview of this last night. I didn't get the full thing, but it's no. What we wanted to save, we wanted to save the full thing. Yeah. He yeah. started telling me this story, and I was like, no, 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 save it. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are actual like daily listeners of the Ruthless program, like let's hear you first. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Ah. Oh. 
We do some politics. We do some fun. We also do some animal fighting. <laughs> There's a lot of conservative creds that you could talk about up here, but what we're most interested in, honestly, you fought a kangaroo. Yeah, so the first time I ever listened to the program, my wife and I, she's a huge fan. I kept hearing Ruthless, Ruthless. Yeah, yes. my, my daughter's all huge Ruthless fans, but I had not listened. So we're driving down the highway. She puts on the Ruthless uh, program, and you're talking, having an extended conversation about how one might fight a kangaroo. And I'm listening, and I say, you know, in their entire vast listening audience, I might be the only person who actually has been attacked by a kangaroo. <laughs> it's true. It's true. When you have some thoughts on how you handle the situation. Well, not so much how I handled it then, but how I would if I had a second chance. So here's what happened. <laughs> and here's, here's critical what happened. information. Yeah. This is not theory. This is in practice. Oh. You could always encounter a, a dangerous roo, and you want to know how to get... The That's right. You're going to get the inside story right here. Okay. So, so my oldest daughter, Laura, for two years lived in Melbourne, Australia. And one time, my wife and my youngest daughter, Catherine, who you know, and her college roommate went down there to visit for a couple of weeks. And while we were there, we went to this very cool tourist attraction called Phillip Island. And they've got this big area. It's enclosed, but there are no cages or anything. And there's a whole bunch of kangaroos and wallabies just hopping around in this area. And they sell you bags of food, and you can feed the kangaroos. Were there any koalas? There were no koalas. They, they cost extra. Koalas are not... Well, we know they cost extra. They're terrible STD-ridden animals. <laughs> <laughs> Smug's got a big thing with koalas. Yeah, we yeah, should give them up. They're not, yeah. they're not good. They're, they're no good for you, Smug. So, so, so you, you, you walk around this trail, and it's open. And there are, the animals are hopping around. And it's about maybe a half-mile trail. And we've been feeding kangaroos, taking pictures with kangaroos. And we get about halfway around, and all of a sudden... This big kangaroo, the biggest one that we've seen, comes hopping up toward me. And this is a key point. I'm there with four women. He completely ignores the women. Yeah, he's an alpha male. He's trying to establish dominance. That's 100% the play. That's exactly right. He is the alpha kangaroo <laughs> of this whole area. He hops right up to me, and as he does that, he's, he's brushing aside smaller kangaroos and wallabies. He just <laughs> pushes them off, and he hops right up to me. And he just stands there. He's a little bit bigger than I am. He just stands there for a second, and then, bam, with lightning speed, kicks me right in the balls. Oh, my <laughs> God, really? Yes. 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 This, this is how kangaroos they attack. They are dirty. This is how kangaroos. There is no honor among kangaroos. I, I just if love you that it's encounter. Like, I love that it's like the clubber lang of kangaroos here, and he goes right below the waist. And these suckers can kick. Let me just tell you that right now. I went down like a sack of flour. But if you encounter a hostile kangaroo, ignore those hands or paws or whatever. That's not the threat. The threat comes from below. He's lightning fast, and he's got a terrific aim. And, and, and the, up, the upside is you already had your daughters. So. <laughs> and, and you'll notice I have not had any since. Yeah. So if you had to replay this, how do you handle it? All right. So at the time, I just picked myself up off the ground, kind of dazed. And then I had to go pick my wife up off the ground because she had fallen down laughing. <laughs> and and, and by that time, the kangaroo was hopping, hopping away, having achieved his goal of asserting himself. 
So afterward, I thought, oh, if this happened again, how would you fight a kangaroo? Yeah. Here's how you do it. Okay, first of all, you approach the kangaroo standing sideways, okay. sideways orientation. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. deprives him of his most most potent tool. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You want to limit yeah. the surface area when you box up. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you want to protect okay. the surface area that you don't want him to hit, oh, yeah, right? Totally. So you, you go toward him sideways, okay? Now, as you approach the kangaroo, you get within distance, and, and when you're within distance, you start throwing left jabs. Oh, we're going southpaw. Yeah. yeah. You start okay, throwing left jabs. Yeah. And, and you do that to try to back him up because right. when he's backing up, <laughs> he can't unleash a powerful yeah. kick. You've thought right? a lot about this. No, we <laughs> don't. I don't. Yes, Listen, yes. It, it, yeah. I would absolutely yeah. be in the same situation. I would never want this to happen again. <laughs> yeah, no, you want to be careful the second time. First was bad enough. So, so you continue to, to advance on the kangaroo, throwing less ja left jabs until you've got him backing up. And then when he's backing up, he can't get the powerful kickoff. Now, you suddenly whirl around, you square up, and pow, you hit him with a right, right to the nose. To the snout. Yeah, to the snout. To the snout. Because it's that. a delicate snout, if you think of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small heads. Yeah, that is how you fight a kangaroo. Oh, I love Fantastic. it. I love it. There you go. There's a step-by-step. -step I hope everyone was taking notes. Yeah, it's important. Next time you Just fight a kangaroo, <laughs> sidestep, jab, power, power punch. Right there's there's a little bit of a, a bit of a footnote there. I should say there are actually two kinds of kangaroos in Australia. This was this is how I knew you were serious when we were discussing this last night, and, and Duncan was like, "No, no, no, don't talk about it. Save it for the yeah, show. <laughs> yeah." You actually know there's there's different types. Well, if you ever see pictures of like really big kangaroos that look like they've been in the gym nonstop for about 50 yeah. years, the roided out kangaroos, those are northern kangaroos. If one of them is coming after you, turn and flee. Don't even think about trying to fight him. I was talking about the smaller, more anthropomorphic, generally friendlier southern kangaroos. Those are the ones that you should fight. This is Smug, incredible. Could you, could you take a northern can kangaroo? I would, I would not try to. But now I know how. <laughs> now I know how. I think, I love I think we should set something up. I think we need a variety program, kangaroo fight, John Enderocker versus a, versus a kangaroo. A southern on kangaroo. Camera. Yeah. Yeah. Proceeds, rematch. proceeds exactly. go to elect Republicans. How about that? <laughs> test, test my theory. <laughs> I love it. So here's, here's the last uh, question for you. You guys have been working on an incredible amount of things in this state. You have, I heard yesterday you had 115,000 people distribution on your magazine. These guys are literally the voice of conservatives here in Minnesota. Woo. Thank you for what you're doing. Yes. Tell us what yes. you're working on next. Well, we've got so much going on. I, I, I'll, I'll be brief. But yes, we have a quarterly magazine, Thinking Minnesota. If you don't get it, you should. It's free. How's that for a, there you go. For a bargain? Thinking Minnesota. Go to our website, AmericanExperiment.org. All, all we need is your mailing address. We'll add you. We put on an average of almost an event a week. Wow. It's unbelievable. Over the course of the year, we put on close to 50 live events. You know, we ever had a crew quite as excited as this one here? Yeah. Uh, let's go. <laughs> you know let's what? Let's go. Let's go. You know what? We, we are not like any other think tank in America. Heather McDonald publicly dubbed us the feistiest think tank in America, and it is true, but I will tell pretty you... Clear. There, pretty clear. Pretty clear tonight. There, there is no policy organization in America other than ours, instead of the American experiment, that would put on an event like this. That's one. right. That's right. <laughs> it's a good marriage. <laughs> you risked it all tonight, sir. <laughs> you risked it all tonight. I love it. John Hinderocker, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you.
So this next guy, I've literally waited 22 years plus to meet. Um, a hero. This guy, I mean, I just, I'm so excited that he's in politics. I was so excited that he started talking about conservatism in the NFL. Because God knows we need some of that in sports, right? Yes. This is a guy who, who did it when it was hardest to do it. And now he's here to try to help all of us in the great state of Minnesota, Matt Burke. sort of pumped to talk to you to be honest with well, you. Well, I'm pumped to talk to you. I thought I was the toughest guy here, but uh, apparently John Hinderockers. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm silver medal guy now. Are you going to concur with the uh, kangaroo attempt? Do you think that's the way you take that thing on? That sounds, that sounds logical, although if I'm ever in that situation, I don't think I'll remember that. I'll probably just panic and just start I'll square up and start throwing and <laughs> get kicked in the junk, just like John. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So listen, you have an historic NFL career, Super Bowl champion. We all remember your incredible days as a Viking. Honestly, those are some of the great days, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. This guy anchoring that line. Oh, just incredible. Those were fun days, uh, you know. I wish we'd have won a few more games, especially <laughs> yeah, 1998 if we could have won two more games. But, uh, As someone in college who played Madden and, and had and, – and the cheat played, code was – The cheat code was you have Dante throw it to Randy Moss. Thank you so much for holding the line. Well, <laughs> it's the least I could do. You were an incredible rating on Madden. There's no question about that. Let's start out with a couple of Vikings questions, though. I mean, you know, at the beginning of your career, obviously, 98. I mean, that had been a hell of an experience. Well, it was insane. You know, I was just, I was just trying to make the team. I mean, that, the NFL was never really my plan, obviously, uh, going to the football powerhouse college that I did. Um, <laughs> He's a Harvard man, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So, uh, so just making the team, you know, I felt like that whole year, I, just, I was just a fan, and I had the best seat in the house. I was sitting on the sidelines, you know, really close, and... <laughs> Those guys would come off the field like, Randy, do you need more water, a Gatorade, whatever? <laughs> you know, Danny Green used to always say, know your role, accept your role, be the best at your role. So I figured my role was to make sure Randy was comfortable, you know? <laughs> just, just keep doing that. Uh, but no, I mean, to grow up in St. Paul and, you know, be a Vikings fan my whole life and then to be, just be on the team and, and that year is, although it, it ended in heartbreak, it was, it was magical. I mean, we still talk about it, 1998, and uh, it, was, it, it was incredible. They still talk about your Wonderlick test, by the way. That's so, what I want to ask about. I don't about. know what to say. Yeah. That is awesome. So, so for folks who don't Are know. Are you wicked smart? Wicked <laughs> smart. Wicked smart. Wicked smart. It, is it at the Combine? Is it before you get to the NFL Combine? You, they take, give it at, the, you, you take it at the Combine. At the yeah. Combine, they have a Wonderlick test, which is kind of like an IQ test. How, well, football how, yes. IQ. How well did yeah. you do? It's, 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 re it's relative. <laughs> it's, it's given to football players, okay? So... Um, <laughs> You know, there's no kangaroo fighting at the combine, but they they give you this test, and it's it's you know 50 questions, 12 minutes, and you you do the best you can. And, and it's, it's out of a score of 50, or is, is it? It's out of 50. It's out of 50, and, and typically, you know, when you when you look at a running back, they're probably you know a seven or an eight. <laughs> what? 
What, was, what score did you pull on there? Uh, I think I got 50. There you go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I remember when they drafted you, I was like, I don't know, but I'm sure you can add to the locker room. There's no well, question about that. Well, you know, I mean, people think football's a complicated game. These guys get on TV and they, they, they get the drawings going and, they, and, you know, Tony Romo's talking about how you got to remember something in football. There's, there's 11 guys on the field, you know, on one side of the ball. And the dumbest guy has to know what's going on. <laughs> Otherwise, the play is not going to work. So it's like, oh, my gosh, you're so smart. I was like, this is not rocket science. If you had to be really smart to play football, all of us would have probably done something else. <laughs> it's a little like politics that way, my friend. Well, you know, I think there is, there is you know, there, is, there was some preparation there. You know, you got to be tough to play football. Everybody says you got to be tough to be in politics. But I, I don't know. I mean, it really hasn't been my experience. Um, you know, I feel, like, I feel like we're in a great spot. I mean, here in Minnesota, I know, I know for a fact that people are ready for a change. That's right. There's, Let's go. Let's no go. I mean, you don't even have to know anything about politics, but you know that this thing got away from Tim Walls and Peggy Flanagan and the rest of them. That's right. uh, and, 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 and they're out of touch, and, and they've got no answers. You know, the, all, all the policies that they're putting forward, are, and they're not putting forward many, but that's just to fix all the stuff they broke. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great spot to be in, and I know, and I want everybody here to know, because I've been all over this state, and Scott's been all over this state, that believe it, it is, it is going to happen. I think conservative values are Minnesota values. Let's go. Let's I go. that. But, you know, conservatives here and, and everywhere, you know, a lot of conservatives, they're, especially in Minnesota, they're disenfranchised with politics because we've been blue for so long, and they feel like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're going to be blue no matter what. And those politicians don't care about me, so why should I care about them? We've got to make sure. You've got to tell everybody you know that they need to go out and they got to show up November 8th and vote. And if, we, right. if, we, oh, yeah. if we turn out the vote, there's, it's not even like we used to say in the locker room. Like Randy used to say in the locker room, we'd be leaving the locker room. He'd say, guys, it doesn't have to be close. And it's not going to be close if we get people to go out there and do it. That's yes. Right. yes! 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 I mean, if there's someone who knows how to hold the line... <laughs> and get the job right. done right here. Man knows how to hold the line. When you say hold, I get a little, you know, PTSD. Go, <laughs> grab, grab. There's grab a difference the between grabbing and holding. I'm just under the, the pad. Get away with under it. Under the pads. <laughs> so listen, at, at, towards the end of your NFL career, we noticed that you started speaking out more on conservative values, which is difficult, right? I, I, we've talked to a number of pro athletes in a number of different, uh, whether it's the NBA, you know, PGA or anything else. Everybody says like, look, it's the hardest thing in the world to be a conservative in sports because everything about the corporate culture teaches you to try to be as progressive as you possibly can, right? Not to offend, right? At some point you said that's bullshit. You just decided to go a different way. Well, I retired 10 years ago, so I think a lot's changed in 10 years. But, uh, yeah, when I played, you know, there were some things going on. And I, and I was, you know, later in my career, you know, I kind of, I don't want to say I didn't care, but, you know, it was like, you, you go ahead, cut me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go home anyways. Uh, I'm old. I got a lot of kids. And my wife wants me to come home. Uh, <laughs> but, my wife, uh, too. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I mean, there were some things going on. I was playing in Maryland and, and being from Minnesota, and there's things going on. There's the marriage amendment was on the ballot. And, uh, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to speak up because, because nobody was speaking up. And, and, um, and then the whole uh, – when we, when we won the Super Bowl and got invited to the White House, and I, I turned down the invitation because – then President Obama was the first president to address Planned Parenthood, and he, at the end of his speech, he said, "God bless Planned Parenthood." And my oh. wife and I are staunch. How about that, huh? Advocate. That takes guts. But that takes integrity. 
But, but I'll say he this. said no. Yeah, but this is what I tell people, you know. And again, this was ten years ago. You know, football's a football's an amazing game for a lot of reasons. Um, you got fifty-three alpha males in a room, and most of them have a role lesser than what they'd want, and and all of them think they're underpaid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative. Uh, but um, and and somehow you got you just got to find a way to, to to get along and and pull together and accomplish a common goal. And during my time in the NFL, we never had any sensitivity training. Uh, you know, we didn't, there, there was no, there was no HR department. <laughs> like, you know, here's the team. We're going to go out and win. You got it. And it was like, yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, when the, uh, when, when the marriage amendment was, was on the ballot, one of my teammates in, in Baltimore at the time was, uh, was speaking up. He wanted to uh, change the definition of marriage. And so I wrote an op-ed that was in the Baltimore Sun and, and the Minneapolis Star Tribune. And I told him the day before I went up to him, I said, Hey, I just want you to know. You and I don't see eye to eye on this, on this topic, on this issue, and there's an op-ed coming out tomorrow, and you know I respect the hell out of you, and the media's gonna try to make a thing, and you know, I just, I'm just telling you. And, and he's like, it's cool. And it was funny, because that came out, and you know, people, were, people were coming after me, and he actually stood up for me. He's like, hey, Matt Burke's a good guy. He homeschools his kids. He must be a good guy. Like, you know, stuff like that. And, and, uh, and there's, there's that common respect and decency in the locker room, because there's such a level of respect amongst teammates that you can have those difficult conversations and we know better than anybody how to uh, how to agree to to disagree harmony does not exist in an nfl locker room i mean it just it just does not exist i can't tell you how many fist fights over the years that nobody knows about that happened can you tell uh, us about something yeah. i will tell you every <laughs> i will tell you every single one how yes. long is this show uh, <laughs> but um you know and, and and so you know i say all that to maybe it was a different time back then you know i mean the nfl's growing exponentially sports in general and the whole the whole woke uh, woke culture but um you know i do know i do know how to have co hard co hard conversations and i think i can you know even things that i'm passionate about uh I, I don't i don't get so emotional where you just start calling the other person names and uh because that's because because in the nfl that doesn't work and really really in life that that doesn't work and you know um and so i think that i don't know maybe maybe some of that somehow groomed me for for politics we'll see oh hell yeah so all right so you come back home and here you are, and now you decide to step in the ring yourself. It's a big deal, right? I mean, I, I'm sure everybody warned you about how difficult politics is, but you just jumped right in, right? You, I mean, you have everything to lose, right? You got a great life, you have a historic NFL career, you have incredible amount of like friends, family, you've got everything you want, but you want to get back in this. Why? Um, well, I think I got more to lose by staying on the sidelines. There you go. Than getting there it, there it is, that, that's yes. There it is. You know, I mean, I mean, during during COVID, we all saw it. You know, we saw we saw government overreach. We saw how they can just take away our rights uh, on a whim. And I was sitting there like everybody else, wondering, you know, why is why is my church closed? Why are my kids not in school? Why can I not go to my neighborhood hardware store, but I drive six blocks further and go to Home Depot? Um, you know, this and 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 my buddy's That's small right. business. Let's hear it. Let's down. hear it. That's yeah. right. And, yeah. That's right. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people can't, can't take this plunge, you know? I mean, yeah, running for office, it, it is brutal in a sense, right? It's like three full-time jobs uh, that get in the way of your full-time job. Luckily, I don't have a full-time job. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I just thought, well, you know, like, if not me, who? And uh, I was kind of trying to figure out, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, what am I supposed to do to help, to help this state and, and to help, help the common good? And uh, I met this guy, Scott Jensen. I don't believe in coincidences. I just happened to be on a plane. 
I just happened to be on a plane coming back from Florida two Februarys ago, and my wife was all excited. She comes back from the bathroom. She goes, oh, my gosh, Scott Jensen's on this plane. And I was like, like holy shit, Matt Burke's on this plane. <laughs> I was kind of like, I was like, I was like who, the, who the hell's Scott Jensen? I don't know. But she was, she was on the YouTube thing with, with watching his videos and, and uh, met him when he got off the plane. She said, I said, well, okay, who is he? And she goes, he's the guy with the gray hair in the back. And I went back there. Well, this is a flight coming back from Florida to Minnesota in February. Every single person on the plane had gray hair except me. <laughs> no offense to you gray-haired people. We need your support, too. I'm sorry, sir. Um, but I uh, started talking to Scott, and he told me he was going to run. And I said, well, I, I want to help. You know, I want, I want to help you. And I was going to his events. And the thing that really, that really uh, grabbed me was that he's doing events. There's a couple hundred people showing up, and 80 90% of them were just like me. They'd never been involved before. They'd never gone to anything like that before, but they've, they said enough's enough. We gotta do something for our state. And I said, this movement that's happening, uh, it's real, it's real. And then kinda did that for a year, and uh, then Scott asked me to be his lieutenant governor, and I said no. And, um, and then he asked me a month later, and I said yes, and, and <laughs> here we are, here we are. Incidentally, the, the gray-haired gentleman uh, came here from Florida. There you go. <laughs> he's, he's my dad, Jim and Kathy Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. <laughs> Lifelong Minnesotans, they, they saddled me with Viking fanship. So here we are. You know about <laughs> suffering. <laughs> so give us an update. Where do things stand right now? How do we win this thing? Well, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is, is going to be to turn out the vote because I do feel like the conservative values today I think if you polled every Minnesotan, I think 75, 80% of people would agree with our, with our values. Um, and, you know, listen, we know that this thing got away from Tim Walls and Peggy Flanagan. Um, it wasn't that they, they, they just, like, refused to lead, you know. I mean, that's what, le I, I say leadership is invisible until it's not, you know, until we really needed it. They were, they were, they were MIA. And so, I mean, I've, I've always found in football, in my marriage, in life, you know, when things aren't going well, you go back to basics, right? Go back to the fundamentals. And I think we just need to get back to the fundamentals in this state. Uh, obviously, public safety. I mean, that's the number one thing going yeah. all over. I mean, yeah, if, yeah, if our yes. streets aren't safe, yes. listen, it's a basic function of the government to keep its citizens safe. That's right. And, and, this, and this, this administration is not doing that. People don't feel safe. They're not safe. Businesses can't go in and invest in communities where, 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 where crime is, uh, criminals are, are running the streets. It's public safety. It's better schools. And when I say better schools, I mean, you know, I mean, we know reading, writing, arithmetic, the schools weren't doing a great job. But then all this other stuff that, that some of them just seem to be hell-bent on teaching our children. Um, and maybe that's one of the blessings of COVID is that as parents, we got to we got to we got see to what see, they've been up to. We got to see what was going on. So, yeah, right. Scott and I believe that, you know, one size fits one when it comes to education, not one size fits all. Uh, there needs there to be go. education choice. Parents are the primary educators of their kids, and they need to have the ability to send their kid to whatever school they feel yes. best suits their kids. Yes. yes. And, then, and then the last thing is our economy. You know, I mean, we always talk about people say, oh, things are great in Minnesota. We've got 16 Fortune 500. Actually, everyone says we got 19 Fortune 500 companies. We don't. We have 16. But none of them are really investing and growing in Minnesota. They're going to other places. And why wouldn't you? Because it's really expensive to do business in Minnesota. And we're not, attracting, we're not attracting new businesses to Minnesota. And we're not attracting fresh talent. There's no kid at, you know, pick a school across the country saying, man, I got to go to Minnesota. 
I want to see what minus 40 feels like. You know, they're not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of under the radar, but we, we, have, we have a lot of uh, talented, wealthy people migrating out of the state. I'm not just talking about retired people, but because he raised his hand back there, because it's just not, it's just not worth it, the tax burden here. Um, we're last in entrepreneurship in the country. There's, you know, big ships take a long time to sink. And there's been, there's been holes in the bow in, in Minnesota for, for a long time. For 20 years, our job growth and our GDP has woefully trailed the national average. Um, so, we've, so, so, so we've got to restart that. We've got to, make, we, we, we've got to get this economy going. We've got to make Minnesota a place where people say, yeah, I'm going to go start a business there. We've got the governor of Montana publicly inviting business owners to come to Montana because yep. it's better than Minnesota. I mean, that should make us mad as hell. And our leaders should do something about that. And so, you know, it's just, I mean, we're in a great situation, I think, because I think I know the people have had it. Um, and again, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk, talk about the basics, the fundamentals. They've got to run on their record. We're going to name the facts all the times, all the times that they failed us. We're going to outwork them. We're already outsmarting them. And, 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 and I'm telling you, it's, it's going to happen. And I need everybody, I, I'm just telling you, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. It is happening. I know everybody lives in their own world and you're busy, but I've been all over and it is happening. It's amazing as we go around this state, how everybody says the same thing, that it's time for a change, that people say, I've never been involved in politics or I've always voted Democrat, but I'm voting Republican this year. It is going to happen. That's the right. Let's the right go. Way. Let's go. Yes. That's right. And it won't just be our race. It's going to be up and down, up and down the ticket. Every single race matters. Every single race matters this year, and so make sure you support your local candidates as well. I know a lot of them, a lot of them are here, uh, every single one, because it would not, uh, I don't want to say the worst thing in the world, but I, it would be a pity if, if Scott and I won and, and we didn't get the House, or if, if Scott and I lost and we got the House and the Senate. We need every single, and all the way down to City Council and School Board, and we've got to send a message that you know, Minnesota is going to be back on its path to prosperity. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And all of us, all of us have an obligation to help this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Burke. Thank you Thanks so everybody. much. Thank you so much. to say i love the minnesota crowd yes <laughs> these people are ready to have a good time love it listen we're gonna play some games in the back half of the show you guys are gonna be hyped about that situation uh but look we're, we're gonna take a little intermission but first we're gonna talk a little bit about the news of the day right because you need you need a little and this is important because breaking news we are winning <laughs> I don't know if you folks have noticed the past 10 days have been just winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. You're you're kidding. You're kidding. Republicans are winning? That's right. This red wave is real. As it turns out. I mean, look, there has never been an administration as pathetic as this one in the Biden administration. Yeah. Ah. 
There's not a damn thing they've touched from the very beginning, the first day in office, all the way through, right? If we're talking about inflation, immigration, gas prices, you're talking about a border crisis, you're talking about Afghanistan, crime, Ukraine, crime. By, by crime. the way, by the way, if you happen to get arrested after this thing, just call up the Minnesota Bail Fund. They'll, yeah. have, they'll get Come you on, right out of there. They'll bail you out. <laughs> Kamala will bail you out. Yeah, Kamala will bail you out. Something tells me this crowd's not eligible. (laughs) (laughs) But look, what we have had lately, and you've seen it out of the Supreme Court in the last 10 days, is conservatives who have planned, conservatives who have taken advantage of opportunities and have looked ahead to how they can actually make a difference and change this country. And out of the last 10 days, you have absolutely miraculous 50-year one battles on things like Roe v. Wade. That's right. Religious liberty. Yep. And school choice. I mean, you really... And and, and guns. Gun rights. Guns. And the Second Amendment. I mean, I, I was saying this last night to folks. It's incredible how much we consider it a victory that the Constitution, once again, is being considered the law of the land. That's something to celebrate, but it's a shame it hasn't been, and thank God it is once again. So you're, you're saying we're allowed to defend ourselves in this That's country. right. Yeah. The, the well, Second well, Amendment says so, and now the rest of the country has to listen. And I think it's important to remember, and I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of this in the Variety program, but... You know, if you've listened to the news, if you if you watch cable TV and stuff like that, and you get obsessed with the day-to-day bullshit, you forget the long game of politics. That's it. You know, and I think I hope we do this well on our show compared to most people, and ho- you know, focusing the audience on those wins and focusing the audience on the long-term vision of the conservative movement and how you get there. And how you get there is keeping your head down and working, electing people. You know fighting for things like the Constitution, putting justices on the Supreme Court. That's right. That's how you win. It's not the thing. Right. It's not the thing. It's not the daily thing that everybody's tweeting about. The reason that libs lose, they can win elections and lose the policy front, is because they're always obsessed with the thing. Right? Whatever the thing is, they want to see some politician tweet the thing. Yeah, post the black square, put up the Ukraine flag. But instead, we should be trying to win. Right. Yes. So, look... There has been a, a, a tendency in recent years for conservatives to start adopting the thing. No. Do not right? do that. Do not do it. We talk about this in a, a variety of ways. Don't do the thing, but also don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. What we mean about don't take the bait is that every single member of the media, every single one, Every sing- you may like some, you may like not like others. Every single one of them, what their attempt to do is to try to pigeonhole your ideas against another conservative. That's it, right? They want us fighting amongst each other because if we actually banded together and fought the left, they know we'd roll over them all over the country. And, and I think, you know, this past week has been a perfect example of what happens when conservatives put in the work, put our heads down, circle the wagons. When, when, when Dobbs came out, when Roe v. Wade is overturned, what happened? You saw the left turn into a circular firing squad. They're blaming each other. Why didn't RBG you love retire? To, you love to see Obama it, asked her to retire. She didn't. Why? 
Then, Why did she do it? It's her fault. It's Ruth's fault. The only Meanwhile, thing, we're just celebrating. The only pro-life icon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You, right. Dude, pro-life we icon. would not have this day without her. The only thing I love more than conservative victories is drinking the tears of liberals when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the best, right, folks? Oh. The best television viewing experience in the last 10 years was watching MSNBC on November 2016. Yeah. Oh, that's right? the best thing. Pull it up on YouTube. I still yeah. watch it every once I still in a while. Do. I still it's do. Delightful. It just fills you with joy. If you're in a bad mood, really, turn it up. Right? But a second best is like the last week. It really, yes. It's been something else. It's been incredible. The, the alternative universe that these people have invented on MSNBC and CNN. Unbelievable, right? Well, we're going to be playing Demer Journal in the second half of this program, and you're going to get a taste of it. You're going to get a nice taste of it. So, look, in Minnesota, I was here for like, I feel like I was here literally in 2002 working for Norm Coleman the last time we had a massive red wave. You've had some success in the state legislature, which is really important. But the last time we replaced everyone on the statewide ticket was 2002, right? Think how long that is. 20 years. 20 years. You were there, Hutner. You were there. You were putting up yard signs. I remember. Where's Moose? He was there. And, he was there. And, and I think this is a very important thing to remember. And I want to say this and for everyone to remember. When you say red wave, this is not something that's happening. This is something we're doing. Yes. Yes. That's the most important thing. Yeah, you can't read the polls. Don't watch cable news. Keep your head down and do the work. And the rest will solve itself. Make the calls. Knock on the doors. Get involved. Because this have is our a time. Have a tough conversation, right? Have a tough conversation with your family members and ask them whether or not they like spending 10% more of their paycheck on everyday household items. And yeah. that's the thing. Right? is, like we have the wind in our sails because, you know, I think the Dems are waking up and realizing the vast majority of this country is radically normal. We want to have happy lives with our families. Yes. We want our children to get a good education. Yeah. We, we want to feel safe. We want kids in school. We don't want people renaming schools. Yeah. It's very simple. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. simple. We're like, it's amazing that we're the ones that get canceled. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's incredible. Like, the only thing we really want is uh, basically the same thing we wanted always. Just, just every, do your job. Every person. Just do, do your it. job. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> I mean, you've dealt with this in, the, in your school, even in, in Virginia. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. But the, the reality is we have the momentum. And we are going to win. Win. Yes. Let's go. You wouldn't be here if you didn't care. And that's why we're urging every single one of you, get out. Let's just make this the absolute red wave that we deserve and Minnesota deserves. Let's go get it. Let's go. We'll see you in a couple minutes. Thank you so much.